This is Wyman and Bob on Seattle Sports, powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Streaming live on the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Now, here are your hosts, Dave Wyman and Bob Stelton. Welcome, everybody. It's Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710 and seattlesports.com. We are live at the Virginia Mason Athletics Center. As today is day one, episode one, season two of the John Schneider Show. So we we uh, came out here to uh, speak with him in person, which is always the best way to speak with John or anybody for that matter. But looking forward to that conversation. We're going to try to get try to get our listeners involved, Dave. Take suggestions from them as to what it is you'd like to hear. Now let's just keep let's give a little parameter here. Let's give a little little guardrails for everybody. Mm-hmm. He's not going to tell us who they're drafting. Correct. He's not going to tell us who's being let go from the roster or who they're going to resign. <laughs> okay. So let's. Or who they're going to get in free agency. Yeah. Beyond those questions that you know he's not going to answer. So don't don't waste your time texting him in. It, because we did get that last year. Surprisingly. I, I took him as a joke, though. Did you do you think they were serious? Well, the, the one guy was like, oh, what a terrible interview. You didn't even ask who they're going to draft. And you didn't ask <laughs> if they were going to, what you were going to do with Gino and how. Uh, should we ask him how much he makes? Here, Schneider. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how much are you making? Yeah. What are just, you getting out of this deal? It's just, it, it is funny that people think. Well, why didn't you ask him that? Well, there, there are just certain questions you know he's not going to answer. So beyond the obvious, which I, I think are obvious, um, what do you want to hear? What is it you want to hear from John Schneider? What would you ask him if you could, if you knew it was a question that he would answer? Yeah, I, I think my first question is going to be just take us through the process of hiring these coaches, like. Especially, and we'll get into the coordinators. Durday today was kind of like, oh, I didn't didn't really know anybody, and yeah, it didn't you know it was kind of out of the blue is basically what he was saying, and you know what was it about him? And also, you know, are are you kind of vetting these guys like you do the players? I mean, you're looking for obviously somebody who does a different different kind of job, but like, is that you know is it their personality? Does that matter? I mean, do they just love ball? You know, and that's that's the kind of guys that he's looking for. But just going through that whole process, and then the other thing you got to remember is, I mean, he's doing this whole thing. Usually, this time he's looking at film on on the draft, and mm-hmm. you know what, and free agency and everything. This is a very busy man, very very busy man. Uh, it's, I mean, he this guy has got so much energy and really passionate about it, and I think he's probably even more fired up this year. And, you know, especially you know being the head guy. I well, think that's that's probably something he's been looking forward to for a long time. Yeah, and I and I'm curious how much his day has changed. Like, what what are you responsible for now that you weren't before? Mm. What what's been put on your plate that wasn't there before? Is it maybe he had a hand in everything, but now it's completely his decision? Where maybe he and Pete were fifty fifty on certain decisions. I'm just curious how much ultimately because I know he's he's obviously the GM, but I now think he's what is he president of football operations as well. Yeah, I think he's got a dual title going there. So, uh, people texting in, can you ask him if he's going to draft a quarterback? Mm-hmm. I would assume that's a fair question. Not with sixteen, but just in the draft, is that is that something? Because that was something he talked about in in Green Bay that was sort of their practice. Like, it's just what we do. We draft a quarterback every year. Mm. You know, so I don't, I don't know that that's an unfair question. Others asking ask him who he's going to draft. <laughs> well, I just yeah. The only thing, the only problem I have with that is like he's going to go through his normal progression on picking players you know if yeah. if a quarterback's there i'm sure he would take him but you know in the first round 
Probably not. I wouldn't think yeah. at 16, but I don't know. I don't, you know, and that'll be the other thing is, is just, you know, does philosophy change at all? Now, that was a joint philosophy between he and Pete in terms of how they attack the draft, whether it was, hey, we don't draft for need, we draft the best guy, or what does that change at all, or is that still the philosophy? So, yeah, there are a lot of areas we can go, but you guys can text in uh, questions you, you'd like to uh, have asked of him that are legitimate questions you think he might actually answer. What is it you want to hear from John Schneider? That comes up at 4 o'clock today, so really looking forward to this conversation. He was fun last year. I think people got a chance to get a – get a sense of his personality last year. I mean, he, yeah, he speaks at the draft. He and Pete would do the little, you know, little press conference after their picks and stuff. But he, he's not a guy that you hear from a ton mm-hmm. until last year when we had him on. And I thought, you know, this is cool because people get a sense of his humor. And he's, he's a guy who likes to laugh, man. He likes to yeah. make Tommy Boy references or you know, Chris Farley references. So maybe that's how we should start it out. When he comes in, go, remember when he used to, <laughs> he used to share the responsibility? Now it's. You now might, it's all yours. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. Pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, you might get a, an evil eye from Dave Pearson for that one, but oh, you know, <laughs> we're we're used to that. We're used to that. No, so uh, yeah, he is. He's he's a guy that loves life. Likes likes. I know that sounds very cliche or something you would put on your dating app or something. But uh, he, <laughs> I love life. He loves life. <laughs> I'm a guy who loves life. I'm looking for somebody who loves life as well. Well, and every time I see him, whether it's on the road and it's whether or not he has had like three hours of sleep or he just took 14 plane trips to, you know, here and there, he's always fired up and excited. He's one of those guys that found, you know, his true calling, you know, and that, and it's kind of interesting. Uh, we'll, we'll get to it again. Uh, we'll get to it later, but um Listening to to Jay Harbaugh, one of the things that he said, and by the way, I think he got his uncle's genes. Which one? John. John Harbaugh, because he's very well-spoken, very cool. Normal. Nothing, no references to uh, Rockford Files or anything like that. (laughs) Living on a trailer out on the beach. but You didn't want to call this the House of Pain here or anything? (laughs) But, you know, it was really cool what he said. You know, he said, you know, through his grandpa who coached, I told you, at Stanford. I don't know where else Jack Harbaugh coached, but, um, but John and obviously his uncle and his dad. And he said... He saw what rich lives that they that they lead, uh, and just the relationships, and and how cool that is. And yeah, I mean, yeah, the the football community is kind of uh, I don't know. I feel like you make friends fast because you know the common denominator is that you go out there and knock the crap out of each other, and there's a good sense of humor and things like that. So yeah, I think that's uh, it's it's fun. It's a fun industry to be involved with, especially now where it's just everything i mean whether it's it's all encompassing it used to be an off season there really is no those yeah. days are gone yeah those days are gone there is no off season so uh john morosi will join us today as well we'll talk some baseball with him at three thirty. joining us early today as uh, pitchers and catchers have reported we'll hopefully catch up with uh a player tomorrow, perhaps. We were thinking maybe today, but it looks like tomorrow we'll catch up with uh, one of the pitchers out there from spring training. We'll talk to Rick Riz tomorrow. So uh, just to get everybody ready, get that, that appetite wet for uh, baseball. Can't wait. Can't wait to get out there. I saw. I told you I saw that video that Ryan Divish posted, and there was sunshine, guys in shorts out there throwing the ball around. I'm like, oh, man. Meanwhile, last night it was dumping, oh dumping snow at my house. Oh, really? We didn't Did get you? Snow. You didn't get any? No. I sent some pictures to Lefko earlier. It was like a winter wonderland. The cars were covered. It's, wow. It was, yeah, West Seattle, lots of snow last night. And mm. I'm thinking, man, they're out there in shorts, and it's 
I don't know what it is. Don't worry. It'll be raining by the time we get there. <laughs> yeah, That's just we, my, my attitude about it. We got, we got there last year, and it, it dumped on us. It wasn't like sprinkle, kind of gray. No, it was pouring to where Lefko thought we were going to get electrocuted at the, at the on our set there. But, yeah, there's, there's a picture from out my window. Oh, my God. Day. Yeah. Well, we're up on the plateau, so usually we get the most you know it'll snow there and not other places that I, we didn't get was, any of that yeah it was dumping last night so I, it was i didn't i didn't see that in the weather report though i was not paying attention but uh you guys could again text in what it is you want to hear what do you want to hear from john schneider today episode one coming up at four o'clock john morosi at three o'clock uh, and, it, you know, we can talk to him about just his input on these coordinators that you heard from today. They spoke with the media. You know, were, were he and McDonald working hand in hand or did he leave that up to up to Mike? Say, hey, this is your staff. Fill it as you see fit. You know, it's all it's all new. And, and I'm also curious about maybe just sort of the pressure John feels to get it right out of the gate because he's not a new guy. I, I don't know that you get the same slack because he's been here 14 years. You know, if he's a new guy and, all right, this guy didn't work out that you picked here, maybe maybe there's a, a little little slack with a new guy as opposed to somebody who's been here. He's You know, John's not a new guy. So I wonder if there's a, a feeling of, okay, I don't, I don't have that grace period, so to speak. I'm, a, I'm expected to hit the ground running. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's just a lot more pressure again, you know, not only the, the normal. I feel like he's pretty much got the drafts down by now. Yeah. Now, I think if you ask him that, he'd probably say no. But because, you know, there's always something that, that changes or that's different. But, um, you know, I, I feel like he's got a pretty good handle on that. And it'll be interesting to see if he does come up with, uh, you know, it starts to go back towards – Probably the you know the earlier part where you're getting like a Richard Sherman in the fifth round and yeah and things like that. But um, yeah, you know, interesting bringing up the draft. I've, I was Lefko sent us a, an article about uh, you know it's an NFL.com article about the rookie class and what everybody did. And I watched Witherspoon's highlight film. It's like 12 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what happens when you're the best player on the team oh, as a rookie my gosh he was fantastic well and then there was an interception that uh, they didn't show that got nullified and mm-hmm. then there was a and then there was a, an intersect or a sack and so yeah and you saw that uh, there was a couple of times where he put his hands on his head like oh i could have had that one too so yeah it was uh Definitely has that that part of it down. John Schneider does, as far as you know, picking the right players and the guys that can play. And this guy, there was absolutely. I've never seen a rookie that didn't struggle a little bit, and it was noticeable. I mean, you know, you see guys come in there. They're not since Lofa Tatupu, mm-hmm. really. Uh, so yeah, it was. You know, that's. I think I do feel like he has that part of it down. So, um, but very busy man because of all the the coaching changes. Uh, well, the coordinators spoke with the media today. Uh, we'll hear a little bit from uh, a couple of them here. But you you talked about what you heard from Harbaugh. What just overall before we get to what Duraday had to say and Ryan Grubb. What was your your overall? Did you hear them all? You, yeah. Yep. I, what was your takeaway? Well, it was kind of interesting. I think um, for both the, the guys coming from college, we're talking a little bit about the field and the layout and things like that, and you know, play calling and versus the hash marks and things like that. You know, I just remember that was something that we used to always have to have a meeting about the wide side and the short side, and sometimes teams would run like a play into the short side just to try to fool you because everybody thinks you're going to the, you know, in college because the hash marks are so far apart, and in the NFL they're, what, six and a third. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's 
both sides are outside, you know, yeah. everything. So there, there was a little bit of uh, talk about that, but especially from Durday, it was like, you know, we'll, we'll hear some of the, the clips here, but like, he was just like, well, yeah, I don't, I don't really know anybody, you know, I don't really know any. I'm, I've been here for like a day and a half and, uh, you know, and then the connection of how he got here and things like that. It was like, well, I knew this guy and, you know, a lot of it was from D DQ from Dan Quinn, mm -hmm. but you know, it's kind of, I don't know. It wasn't like somebody that, uh, <laughs> I don't know, but we'll ask John. I mean, maybe he's been looking at this guy for a really long time or it's just going off of guys that he really trusts you know, like Mike McDonald that has always had his eye on a guy like Durday. I mean, and then, you know, there's, uh, I think it was Ryan Grubb that talked a little bit about going to the Combine. And so Brady asked him, you know, was that something that college coaches do? And he goes, no, it was kind of a, a different kind of, um, it was kind of a, a different situation where he was looking at quarterbacks or something like that. So, and I think trying to, you know, up his mm -hmm. game, but I mean, that's where that's kind of like Disneyland for the NFL for all the coaches and, and scouts. And I've told the, the story about Trent Kirchner, how he stood outside that building for like four years with his resume. And finally he got it to John Schneider. Yeah. And now Trent's one of the better scouts in the league. I mean, that's where everybody goes to kind of get to know one another. Right. But it doesn't sound like there was a whole lot of connections there. So it'll be interesting to hear um, from John today, you know, what, what led him to uh, to be your, your new defensive coordinator? Well, and we're getting a, a big note on our sheet from Lefko. Is it Durdy? Yeah, that's what we heard. And he said, just say AD, you know, if you want to just call him that. But that's, uh, he did say it's uh, pronounced Dirty, not Durday, which we all thought. Dirty. All right. Dirty. Adam well, Dirty. Bumpus, I think, screwed me up because he was singing that song, Riding Dirty. <laughs> well it's a good way to remember how to say it i guess yeah dirty uh, ad ad sounds sounds no, like thought, a better road to take i let's go with ad well ad was talking today to the media you heard it but a lot of people didn't get a chance to hear him here he's just talking about how he clicked with mcdonald just in terms of their their shared defensive philosophy how the game's played how people try and create space in the game where they're down and distance the situation is how we attack the quarterback, how we make him uncomfortable, those kind of things. Just talk different things in the run game, how we attack different places. Um, and it just kind of clicked, you know, like as we was going through it and the conversation carried on and, you know, time goes by and, and you don't feel like time's going by and you just know that you're kind of with the right people. He talks funny. <laughs> Coach talks funny. <laughs> Sorry, inside joke. But, uh, well, it, it's interesting, I think, that, there's all kinds of different ways to talk about football, okay? So, you know, we all sometimes have fun with people that throw out the fancy lingo. Speak. Yeah, because, you know, everybody has a different way of talking about it. Right. And so, you know, it just sounds like he – because it's very complicated. I mean, there's a lot that goes on, you mm -hmm. know? I mean, every position has – different techniques and ways of playing and different defenses. I mean, it's just so complex. And I think the coaches that can make it, make it easy and make it sound easy. Like, you know, I always talk about like for my job as a broadcaster is not to throw out a bunch of, you know, when I'm doing the games to show people how much, you know, ball. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to try to, you know, use a bunch of fancy lingo because it doesn't really explain it. And so yeah. I, mean, I think it's kind of that way to, 
um, and you know, as far as coach speak goes within the NFL is it's, it's like they, they get together and they're like, Hey, you and I speak the same language. Yeah. I understand perfectly what you're talking about. And I think those are, that's how some of those little connections are made over just something like that, over just a, a, a conversation that you have about how you run cover two or whatever, yeah. you know? So, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's probably mostly, I mean, hopefully we'll get a confirmation from John that that's, that's kind of what was going on. But yeah, there was a lot of it where it looked like dirty, uh, was, was up there kind of going, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I've been here for a day and a half and just kind of trying to get up to speed here. Yeah, probably overwhelming trying to remember yeah. names and where's so, the bathroom again? How do yeah. I, how do I get to the cafeteria? Yeah. But, uh, and it's interesting how, you know, some of those conversations that you have with, with people and, you know, and some of those connections, that's why they always, you know, tell people to go to things like that. And should, uh, actually when we were talking about, um, you know, the, that there weren't very many black coaches hired last year. And Moyer had a, a great idea of how, you know, to get all these coaches together and the owners and the GMs and everybody just to kind of get to know people in football. Well, that's, that's kind of what happens at the combine. Yeah. You know, those guys all, you know, get, um, you know, I mentioned the, the resume. I mean, there's people there that are just, you know, and then you, you interview the guy and you go, oh, yeah, this guy's actually, we speak the same language. And that's kind of sounds like what, that's what was going on. But I thought it was really interesting to hear from uh, from Grubb that he had gone to the combine when that's not really his gig. Right. He's been in yeah. college football. Well, well, we'll talk about Grubb coming up. One more from uh, from Dirty here. He And he explains how the partnership with McDonald will be built over time. I think that's going to be built over time. You know, like like as we go through this. We're going to kind of build that process. I think as one of my roles, I think is important is really getting to know him. You know, I need like I've always found that whenever I've worked for someone, if the more I understand them, the more I can see round corners for them, the more I can support them, the more successful we become. You know, I, this is a true partnership. So as we work through this, I think that's my that's one of my biggest roles in the short term is really like learning him how does he think how does he move around where's his spaces to talk when he's focused on something do you know like that's that that's i've started that process but that i see that as like a long process that i will be doing in this off season i feel like this is a much softer landing for him than it is for grub because mcdonald has already said he's going to take on the defense he's calling the plays mm -hmm. so he's he's assuming a lot of what you would think would eventually be uh, Dirty's responsibility, but he doesn't come out of the gates like, all right, figure it out. It's your system. It's your your, your calls. You're, you're responsible for everything. No, McDonald's saying, I'm calling the defensive play. So I feel like it's a softer landing for him versus Grubb, who's going to come in and like, all right, this is your, your baby. This is your offense. Go for it. Yeah, and <laughs> quite honestly, I think I would be a little concerned if the offensive coordinator sounded like uh, Dirty. <laughs> if he had that accent. No, uh, just because he's like, well, I'm just kind of going, you know, learning every oh, day oh. and getting to know everybody. And you I, know, thought, get... I thought you had some prejudice against an English Well, I accent. do have a hard time with English <laughs> accents. I do need to put the closed captioning on. But, <laughs> but no, I, I think, you know, uh, I, I think for Dirty, he's, for whatever reason, and it'll be interesting to hear, you know, he clicks with McDonald. And I'm sure they, they had a couple of meetings, but a lot of it came, it sounds like, from, from Dan Quinn. And, you know, just... Uh, Somehow, in Mike McDonald's mind, this guy's the perfect guy to to call call plays and kind of be the steward of the the defense while he's being a uh, a head coach. All right, let's take two.
Adam Schefter first report earlier today that the Seahawks told Geno Smith that he will be on the roster tomorrow, which uh, means a nice payday. $12.7 million in his contract becomes fully guaranteed. It's what we assumed, right? I mean, this isn't big news. I don't, I don't know that there was somebody out there going, wow, I can't believe they did that. I mean, that's just, we've, we've had this discussion a million times. I don't know where they go with that spot if they decide, you know what, we're moving on from him. I don't know who that answer is. So this this feels like, yeah, that's what we expected. Well, and I'm sorry, I don't think there's a reason to move on. You know, Grubb was talking about Gino and his year uh, two years ago and his accuracy. And that was one of the things he talked about. And that's one of the things that Gino's had. I mean, look, I... I other than interceptions, I guess. I mean, if you have a guy who's thrown a ton of interceptions, obviously he's not very accurate, right? Yeah. That's an indication of that. But or he I, needs LASIK, like <laughs> Jameis Winston. Yeah, exactly. Uh, how do you throw thirty interceptions, dude? How does a coach leave somebody <sighs> out there long enough to throw yeah, thirty? That's a better question. Uh, but yeah, I, did, I think that that that's just the natural. I think for a lot of people, they built it up in their minds that, well, okay, we need another quarterback. Geno's not going to be the guy. Look, I think Geno answered that freaking question last year. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the question was, can he take you on a game-winning drive? Yes. Yes, he can. Now, you know, I think it's also, can he take us to the playoffs? Can he? But, I mean, just the way that he's playing, yes. The answer is yes. So, I just think quarterback is one of those positions that gets talked about a little bit too much. And, again, who are you going to replace him with? Well, something we don't necessarily have to be concerned about yet, but uh, definitely you want to watch. Ryan Divish of the Seattle Times notes that Gregory Santos felt some soreness in his lat muscle after a bullpen. So the Mariners have decided to dial it back and he won't throw on a mound right away. And Santos, with the White Sox last year, did finish 2023 on the IL with elbow inflammation. All right. This is not how we want to start spring training. Pitchers and catchers just reported already. We're dialing it back with somebody. And I get they're going to err on the side of caution. If somebody says I got a hangnail, they're going to be, whoa, whoa. All right. Let's let's take it easy. So I'm not going to read too much into it. But it's still, you know, when we're talking about the new acquisitions on offense, all having that caveat, if healthy, you kind of forgot about Santos. And, yeah, he, he does have the stuff to to get you excited about what he can ultimately do out there, but he did have an injury issue in his first full season last year. Yeah, the only thing, I mean, again, they're being cautious. They're being overly uh, cautious about it. But then also it's it's not like, okay, we're going to, we have to shut him down. They're just dialing it back a little bit. I mean, I think that, I think there's just a little, we're a little bit too sensitive about that right now because of what happened a couple of years ago and then, you know, what happened last year, which was fairly normal. All right, Take Two is brought to you by Swedish Cyberknife. Treat prostate cancer with Swedish Cyberknife, swedish.org slash cyberknifeprostate. Coming up, a large part of the Seahawks' success will rest on how much the rookie class improves next season. We'll weigh in on that. Coming up with Wyman and Bob, live from the Virginia Mason Athletic Center, this is Seattle Sports on 710. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Let's just, Why? let's just do a segment with you and Matt interacting with each other. <laughs> no, thanks. You know how it would start? I would say, everybody be perfectly quiet. There you I go, Matt. I okay? couldn't do it. I could not handle the pen clicking. Bob, I don't know. <laughs> I, my pen's like three or four feet away from the microphone, and Matt claims he can hear it. It sounds like it's inside my ear when you're clicking it. No, every listener claims they can hear it, too, so... We can hear it. Are they texting in about it? I don't yes, remember inviting you into the conversation, Lefko. 
You didn't hear it. Oh, oh my Dave, goodness. We got to get what's bugging you in for the rest of the week. What's bugging you for the rest of the weekend? So, <laughs> oh, actually, uh, we're just fueling Matt. Yeah, <laughs> Matt's going to have plenty to complain about. <laughs> we love it. We love it. Uh, again, you guys can text in 866-979-3776, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. What do you want to hear from John Schneider today? Today is uh, episode one, season two of the John Schneider Show. We are live at the Virginia Mason Athletic Center. We will be speaking with John at 4 p.m. Uh, John Morosi will join us at 3.30. We'll talk some baseball with him as things get underway with pitchers and catchers. So text him what it is you'd like to hear from him and uh, see, what we can, see what we can get out of him today. Mm-hmm. He, might be, he might take a little warming up, maybe a couple – couple of uh, interviews in, then he starts to loosen up and really just spill the beans and tell us their draft strategy, who they're looking at. He's going to unveil it all. Uh, but that's looking forward to that coming up at 4 o'clock. Meanwhile, you brought up this, uh, this story that Lefko sent us from NFL.com where they graded the rookie classes for every team. Seahawks got a B plus, got a B plus, And they wrote a little, little blurb saying, it's not surprising that a team with four selections in the top 52 picks of the 2023 NFL draft had a strong rookie class. And though Seattle's first-year crop was anchored by two first-round picks, there were contributors throughout the group, including the undrafted ranks. Defensive contributions after Witherspoon were less impressive, with Hall struggling to adjust, Morris missing all but one game to a shoulder injury, and Young relegated to a backup role most of the season. Those three have potential, but how they all fit in a Mike McDonald system remains to be seen. Reed barely played on defense, but proved to be an excellent special teamer in year one. So what do you think? Is that fair? a fair assessment of the group and in terms of the grade, B plus? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I don't – I think I, I read somewhere there was a little bit of criticism of Charbonnet. A lot of people thought that, you know, taking him in the in the second round, you know, especially after having Walker, I don't know. I like the combination of those two guys, but I think um, – he kind of flashed in the middle of the season and then kind of tailed off a little bit, but that was more about attempts. I feel like they're talking about Charbonnet. Yeah, Charbonnet. Yeah. They didn't give him the ball. The other, the other thing I would say is I think it says somewhere here. I was reading about you know that they were talking about um, uh, Derek Hall and mm-hmm. how yeah, well he kind of sputtered a little bit. He he really came on at the end. And the thing was that was interesting to me, and it was mainly in the Arizona game, but I saw a couple of other plays. But um, I thought he flashed a little bit in the Baltimore game, believe it or not. Is, you know, even though <laughs> I don't remember much much of anything is team positive out of that game. In the middle of uh, giving up 300 yards on the ground. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was. No, but he made a couple of plays in that. And then he made a special team play on uh, in Arizona. I think it was on a punt. Um, that was really good. I mean, it was just next level. It's like watching Witherspoon play. Like, wow, look at that, you know, and a couple plays on defense. So I think he's one of those guys that's going to blossom. And again, you know, I, that's usually when you look for. So to me, it's always a, a miracle when you get like a JSN or a Witherspoon. I don't care how high they're drafted. I mean, it's it, it even even the really good ones that make like the all rookie team, they, you know, they don't flash right away. It takes a while. It takes six, seven games to get into it. But, um, you know, but typically what, what happens is the second year you come back and everything just opens up for you. It, yeah. Game slows down, the whole thing. Yeah, I'll be curious to see Mike Morris because he was lost to injury, played in one game. Yeah. Uh, and then so really had no sense of what he is as a player 
I know there was a lot of uh, anticipation about him and some optimism, certainly, about him, fifth-round pick. Um, just to give you the grades of the other teams in the division, uh, the, the top grade went to the Los Angeles Rams, who got an A-. Uh, so then you had the Seahawks follow them with what we just talked about, the B+. Uh, the Cardinals got a B. And then the Super Bowl uh, participants, the 49ers, got a D+. Plus. So again, take it for what you what you want, and and put as much stock into it as you want. But um, interesting that they they got you know kind of hammered on their grade, where the Seahawks get the second best grade in the division. I'm curious what what Cameron Young. What did you, did you see enough to get a sense of what he is? He he was a guy I was kind of excited to see, and just he was pretty much anonymous throughout the year. I know he didn't get a ton of. Uh, he only had one start out there, but what what was your takeaway from the little we saw of him i guess i was a little disappointed even though he wasn't a high draft choice because fourth round yeah i think that that position there's a lot of there's a lot of technique things that you really have to to learn but as far as assignments go you're not bogged down with assignments and i thought he would flash a little earlier so again i'm going to put him in the category of uh, a guy who really hits um hits the ground running the second year when he when he comes back because he was he's supposed to be a big strong tough guy who's just going to take up space in the middle and i don't know maybe it was the defense too and what they were asking him to do maybe it wasn't his strength and hopefully this defense will be i mean that's that's basically what uh dirty was saying today i mean he was basically saying getting guys to to play their best football or maybe that was harbaugh actually yeah it was jay harbaugh and he was like getting guys in in a position to to play their best ball so that'll be interesting to see you know when you got a guy who really knows what he's doing defensively to the point where <laughs> that the second he stepped onto the field as a coach when he was <laughs> coaching the high school team you know he had what six shutouts and yeah. went seven and oh and i mean just it just clicks for him he's just the defensive guru so i think for for cam young maybe it'll uh, it'll be next year yeah i i would say him and Derek hall are the two guys i'm, I'm curious that we saw last year again morris is a curiosity just because we didn't see him right uh but out of, out of the group out of the out of the uh out of the rookie class last year those are two guys that i'm curious about going into this season because you know cam young was a guy we thought would address the area that they desperately needed right mm -hmm. the interior of that defensive line and not expecting him to be a star by any stretch his first year. But like you, I think I was expecting a little bit more. And then it got to a point where they felt they needed to go out and get Leonard Williams. Uh, they went out and got Jaron Reed in the offseason. So they brought in help from the outside, drafted help uh, that didn't really didn't really pop the way you'd hope. So, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see the level of optimism surrounding him going into the next season. Yeah. The the other guy, Olu, Olu to me, yeah. I mean, he – there, you know, they talked about the exchange. There was a couple of times where that was was rough, whether it was a shotgun snap or I think there was a fumbled snap at one point. Just, and I, I don't think we lost the ball. It was just screwed up the timing of the play. But yeah, I don't. I, I'll be curious to see if you know for him that's a tough position to come in and really start as a rookie. Had, his highlight was uh, that block he had on the goal line against Detroit. Uh, he came in for like two plays and just obliterated their, their defensive tackle and they scored a touchdown. So, But yeah, I mean, Kenny uh, Kenny McIntosh we didn't get to see. Uh, yeah, I should throw him all. in there. I'm very curious to see. Yeah, what. and I think that would be different this year. You know, and I, I think, I don't know how much of a heavy hand John is going to have as far as, you know, hey, because it's one thing to pick these guys, but the other thing is you got to play them, you know, and that's that 
if if you don't get them out there and you know and I I think the the coaches probably look it was more on the coaches side than it was the scouting side right if you look at the two sides of the building John Schneider Pete Carroll Pete and his assistants pretty much had final say. Now, mm-hmm. I don't think John is going to be coming in going, you got to play this guy and that guy, but I, I do feel like this is going to be a staff that's going to be more likely to listen yeah. to, to the scouting um, department. And that's that's something that they want. They're like, hey, I, but, you know, you can't blame the coaches. They're like, I'm sorry, I can't trust a rookie. He's, he screws up in practice all the time. But Yeah, that, that's what I always defer to is, yeah. as much as we sit and go, you needed – him last year at points because you had both Charbonnet and Walker hurt. We were yeah. looking at DJ Dallas, who, you know, I love that he fills in all these roles. Great. He can't be your primary back. No, he's not. You know, and it felt like, great, here's an opportunity. Here's the silver lining to these injuries is we're going to get a chance to see Kenny McIntosh play. Right. And we didn't for whatever reason. So I'm like, okay, there must be something in practice that's happening or not happening uh, that they just – don't feel comfortable putting them out there what it is who knows but yeah that just that for me was odd but yeah and they also you know they talked about the free agent uh bobo had was it 20 targets and he had three touchdowns i think it was uh, yeah it's a very very low number so you know you got him but um you know i was looking at um uh, you know the rest of the, the conference and i remember going through the rams draft they had 14 picks yeah 14 picks and you know they it worked out well I and mean, if you look at kobe turner Bob, he was good. <laughs> he, yeah, you look at his highlight film. Guy had, what, nine sacks? Pretty he's, impressive. He's going to be a problem. All right, coming up, Ryan Grubb gave us uh, some insight on how the Seahawks offense may look under his control. We'll get into that. Coming up next with Wyman and Bob, live from the Virginia Mason Athletic Center. This is Seattle Sports on 710. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Coming up at 3.30, we'll talk with John Morosi, get some baseball conversation going as pitchers and catchers have reported. Also at 4 o'clock, it is our debut edition of the John Schneider Show, a debut for this season anyway. Did this last season, a lot of fun talking to him. A little bit of news here, uh, according to Mike Garofalo tweeting out, the Seahawks are hiring Rams passing game specialist Jake Peets mm. as their passing game coordinator. Uh, the, the, the former offensive coordinator at LSU was a candidate for the Buccaneers as well, I guess. So a hmm. little bit of – it's good we can take from somebody else's staff. Well, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, especially within the division. Um, yeah, it's it, – I kind of thought it would be like this. Like a lot of – like this dirty guy, we, we remember him from Hard Knocks, and the only reason you really remember him is because <laughs> – The accent. The, the accent. It just sounded odd. And I just remember the players making fun of him and stuff like that in a good way, of course. Um so, um, but yeah, I, I kind of anticipated that it was going to be a bunch of guys that hmm, haven't really heard of him before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, no real, you know, insight as to what he brings. I just they they felt he was an attractive uh, uh, candidate. So, all right, let's pil- let's uh, pillage the Rams. Yeah, let's let's take from the uh, the teams you're competing with in your division. I'm, I'm on board for that. Yeah, I, I think it's it'll be interesting. Also, maybe maybe a, a good question for for John is like over your, you know, time in the NFL, which he's been in the NFL since what, like ninety five, I think, uh, ninety four, ninety five, and and that's when he started off in in Green Bay. But like, what is the the single event where you meet the most? 
people as far as football people? Is it the combine? Is it going to pro day workouts? I mean, how do you come across these people? I mentioned earlier that he's kind of like a, a fisherman of mm-hmm. talent and, and people and like he'll He'll uh, all of a sudden strike up a conversation with somebody. I remember this year we were in Tennessee, and there was this this person he was talking to and asking all these questions, and like, yeah, she, you know, did this and that, and blah. I'm like, John, who cares? <laughs> he like, cares. He does. A, he's a curious he guy. Does. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's kind of. I can relate, Dave. He's question boy. Yeah, he does lots of questions. <laughs> lots of questions. So that's a good way to be. We'll ask him questions coming up at four o'clock. Meanwhile, you brought up Ryan Grubb. He's he's. Uh, the new offensive coordinator for this team, people around here obviously familiar with him with what he did with the University of Washington. He spoke with the media today, and he explained why his offense at UW would not be like the one they run here. Yeah, I think, you know, over the course of my career, we've, we've done both, certainly. Um, I think, you know, when you look at what we did, probably more specifically at UW over the last two seasons, we were, you know, accentuating the positives. And there's three receivers that are probably going to get drafted this year. And so I think, you know, moving the football through the air was a logical choice. Um, And we are going to be a physical team in Seattle. And um, over the years, that's something that we've certainly done when the components all matched up. You know, we we ran the ball very effectively. And I look forward to it. I think that when you have an established run game, it makes calling those other plays and auxiliary plays off of it um, a lot easier, honestly. It's when you don't have the presence of a run game that things can get really tricky. Yeah, he he talked about play action pass. Yeah, you know, you know. Also, you had Dylan Johnson who ran for twelve hundred yards. So it's not like not even at a hundred percent, Dave. Fifty five percent off. Yeah, you know, that was on two hundred thirty three carries. So I mean, look, they know how to run the ball, but a lot of things open up in the the pass game uh, off of off of play action pass, and that only happens if you're gonna you know really commit to running the ball. Yeah, and, and, you know, maybe it'll be a little bit, you know, he talked about having three receivers that they expect to get drafted, led by Roma Dunze. Obviously, you're going to take advantage of his him being the mismatch that he was. You had a guy in Penix who could get him the ball, who right. had the arm and, 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 and was able to find him on a regular basis and, you know, throughout Jalen McMillan. So it's just, there's... There was a lot of there was a lot to take advantage of, I guess. There, whereas yeah. here, maybe it's more balanced. Maybe he sees this like, "Hey, I got two, you know, kind of bruising running backs here, and, and Walker and Charbonnet. We we can lean on this run game. We can all we also have a guy like DK and Tyler Lockett and JSN. So maybe it feels more balanced, which is why he's saying it's not going to be exactly the same. Um, he went on to talk about how his experience coaching different positions is going to help him now that he's in charge of the whole the whole thing. I've been really uh, blessed. I don't know that it's was by design, you know, in my career and how things worked out, but certainly it helps you see the whole field. And I think it, it helps you relate to every position room and what those challenges are that are presented and how each room needs to succeed for us to succeed on, on a game day. And so I think when you can put, especially the front end, and you can truly tie in the run game with the pass game and the protection schemes. Um, I just think it makes it a lot cleaner in the development of the game plan. That's the part that I've probably benefited from the most is it's easier to tie that game plan together when you truly understand what's going on up front and what the quarterback is facing. Do you, do you expect the offense to be better than it was this past season? Or do you feel like that's where they take a step back before they take a step forward? Yeah, I would think the offense, if either side of the ball was going to struggle, would be would be on offense just because your head coach has pretty much a, the plan to have a top-five defense. Now, do they have the talent? 
We'll see. I mean, on, look. On offense? No, defense. Oh. Um, I'm talking about that side. Um, but, you know, as far as, yeah, offensive side, I, I would say that's probably harder to, to get done. Um, it's a little bit more cerebral. I don't want Mark Schlereth ever to hear that. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot more that you have to do. You know, it was kind of interesting. The other thing that Ryan Grubb talked about, and I think there are some coaches that I've always kind of thought that that might be how they think. But he was talking about how in college, you got other things going on. I mean, these guys are there going to school. Mm-hmm. I mean, now you get professionals. You get guys that you can, you know, work with all day long. This is all they're, they're responsible for. Yeah, and, and that was what I loved about the NFL. I mean, not only are you getting paid to play a game that you just absolutely love, but no homework. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would take my, my playbook home, and I would take tapes home every night and, and that kind of thing. But you don't have any other responsibilities. Well, yeah, you don't have to worry about, I got this final coming up. I yeah. got to study for this. It's outside of football. Yeah, it's your your attention is not divided. Right. And, you you know, these a lot of these guys would like to have meetings with their guys and, you know, during the mornings and whatever, whenever they're in class. So I still am somewhat skeptical that some of these players actually go to class. But <laughs> isn't that always been the case, though? Yeah, heard forever about people taking tests in their plays. Not saying it's it's every player, but that's that's been out there forever. Yeah. That yeah, he doesn't go to class. This guy's taking the test for. Him. Well, and I'm not the best person to ask because yeah, you I, went you went to an academic institution. I mean, it just there, Bob. If there was any of that kind of stuff available, I would have taken advantage <laughs> yeah, of it. Not at your school. <laughs> Had you gone to ASU or something, then you, you yeah, like Moyer School. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> That's a, I don't know how many tests he took in his day. Uh, meanwhile, Seahawks have to improve on defense, obviously. But how will that actually happen? We'll get into that next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710.